So guys, you know, as a child, your parents would always tell you, like, always like, be careful what you put in your mouth, as in they don't want you to swallow stuff. Well, I have unfortunately swallowed something which I probably shouldn't have. I, I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know that sounds really wrong, but just bear with me. So, when I was at university, I got my snake bite piercings in my first year of university, and so that was what seven years ago. And then a couple of nights ago, while eating my dinner, I heard something fall on the floor. So I then looked down to the floor and I see like the end of my piercing has fell on the floor. I'm like, oh. Okay, maybe, you know, it's just come off. And then I start rummaging around in my mouth. And I'm like, where's my other half of the piercing? So I'm looking around. I like start chopping up all my food that's left on my plate. And I can't find the bar for my piercing. So ultimately, yeah, I've swallowed my piercing. <laughs> I then phone up the doctors because, you know, I, it's potentially a sharp object. It's metal and I work with magnets. I just wanted to be extra careful. And so they told me to go to a and &E. I was As soon as I turned to a and &E, I'm there. I, I was told, you are number 112 in the queue. I was like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> so I'm there waiting at a and &E. You've got people, like, their hands are, like, twice the size. You've got one last there who's ghastly pale and puking everywhere. And then you've got me, an idiot there, who's basically swallowed, like, a tiny metal object. I, I then get called up by the triage after two hours. I then tell them my problem, and they're like, yeah, there's nothing we can do. You just got to wait for it to pull it out. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was pro that's probably been my most eventful story of the past two weeks. Now, I've just got this image in my head. Like, if I come near you with a magnet, I can just drag you around now because <laughs> you've got metal in you. <laughs> I was joking about it to one of my friends because, obviously, I work with what's called a nuclear magnetic resonance, so a really high-power super magnet. And I just had this thought of this piercing coming flying out of my stomach you know that sort of impact from like when alien comes out your stomach about to say <laughs> like Wah! and it's just the metal yeah but then like someone reassured me he's like don't worry it'll only be more like a bullet wound i'm like yeah that's not exactly much more helpful <laughs> all i suggest is don't get into a fight with magneto because he's got a one-up on you now he might be able to help me i just <laughs> Because every time, like ever since I swallowed it, like I, obviously if I go to the toilet, I basically look down. Right? Can I see something shiny? Nope. Okay. So I've, I took. Like, so that was what early, like three or four days ago now. So even to right right now, I don't know if it's in. If it's if I still got it, is it gone? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what a delightful start to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gentlemen, well, gentlemen, what are we gonna do with you? Brandon. Don't worry, I'm just starting off this episode just full of shit. <laughs> oh no, you're trying to get it out of you, that's the problem. I'm venting it out my system. <laughs> so Dan, what's the worst thing you've ever eaten? <laughs> Is it worse than that? What the lasagna? Still <laughs> <laughs> <Smell> that lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Chris, uh, what have you had in your mouth which you shouldn't have? Uh, <laughs> Does it possibly... <laughs> Possibly parts of my ex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, fucking hell. Ah. Uh.
Welcome to Victory Achieve Podcast, a video game podcast. I'm Dan, and I'm with the greatest Metro player in Leicester, Chris. And Hello. The, the most eager person to play RuneScape for the past two weeks in Peterborough, Brandon. Yes. <laughs> how, oh how are we all, guys? Yeah, well, obviously, well, apart from like the introduction, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. What about yourself, Dan? Same old. Not nothing really to say on my end. For... That's going to be a very short podcast, eh? <laughs> I'll say. I'll say. I feel really uncomfortable when you say on your end, because it's just like flashbacks of kid piercing. Stop <laughs> thinking about your end, please. <laughs> Can we move on? <laughs> so I'm going to get because we didn't talk about it last time, Chris. Talk about until dawn. Okay, yes. So I was going to talk about Until Dawn in the Halloween episode, which would have been perfect timing, but um, no. <laughs> it just never happened. Uh, so yeah, I recently streamed through the entire game. Uh, I hadn't played it before, and I thought it might be fun to let uh, my Twitch chat like make decisions. So we made like the best decisions, and we only got every person in the game killed by one, which I think <laughs> is not bad going. What, but, um, what is Until Dawn? For those who so, don't know. Until Dawn is kind of like a um interactive film. It's more sort of cutscenes. Think like Telltale's Walking Dead kind mm. of gameplay. Where uh, action scenes are basically QTEs. And yeah, uh, the way you play and make decisions, like if you mess up QTEs, uh determines like how the story unfolds. Uh Basically, the game's about a group of kids who go to a cabin where last year they had a party and one of their couple of their friends died. And there's like a basically serial killer going around. There's uh, weird stuff going on in the woods, and you've basically just got to try and survive and keep everyone alive, which um, we failed spectacularly at. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was all right. Um, I think gameplay-wise, it's a little bit too simplistic for my taste. Like, uh, there's a lot of, like, me sitting around not really doing anything and just, like, pressing the odd X button every now and again, and that's pretty much your lot. Uh, yeah, it's all right, though. If you if you like horror films, um, stuff of that ilk, you might get a kick out of it. Have but, you yeah. played uh, the one they made after, The Man of Medan? No, uh, and I know they've recently had another one out. Uh, is it House of Ashes, I believe it's called? No idea. Oh. They- Move. Actually, they've got one in between that as well. I think they're up to four now because they initially said it was going to be um, like a sort of anthology sort of thing uh, called uh, Dark Pictures, I believe it's called. But no, I haven't played the others. But from what I understand, it's they're all pretty much the same. It, it's like the same as like uh, I mentioned before, like Telltale games. It's like the same formula. It's like copy and pasted. <laughs> but I have yet to play them, so I have no idea if they're any good or not. But the thing is, games like that sort of uh, live and die on how strong the story is. And I did not think the story until dawn was all that great. Um, I suppose it will play out differently depending on how you, do, how you do. But it didn't really grip me. I could kind of see where it was going. Yeah, I can yeah. see here you got obviously until dawn, then you have Man of Medan, then it's mm-hmm. Little Hope. And then, as you mentioned, House of Ashes, 
is the newest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't say I'm in any rush to uh, play the others soon. Maybe for like another Halloween stream because it is good for like interactivity. If you, as I say, getting other people involved to like make decisions, like like a sort of majority vote. But uh, I I can't say I'm in any rush. So. And I definitely won't pay for. I only got until dawn because it was on PS Plus years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Uh, from uh, what I've heard of, like Man of Medan, it kind of does a lot of the same things until dawn does, but just not as good. I think. Yeah, what... I just don't. I don't think the storylines are strong, or just make sense of something along that ilk. I don't know about the other two. I've not heard. I don't know anything about them. I didn't even realise there were another two until just now. But I know Man of a Dam just did the same thing, just not as good as Until Dawn. Hmm. But I, I have heard like kind of good things about Until Dawn, but I, I think, it's, as you mentioned, like so I think some of the decisions are quite maybe obvious on what you need to do to save people. You can kind of see... Um... A pattern forming with a lot yeah. of these games like um if you make a decision chances are whatever you decide the opposite outcome seems to happen yeah that seems to happen <laughs> an awful lot <laughs> so oh save this person oops you tried to save them but actually you got them killed in the process you donkey yeah like even with like uh the walking dead game when you had a lot of the decisions in that where you're like oh i'll save this person and later on they just die anyway so it was like well it kind of didn't really matter. It was always gonna. They were always gonna die later on in the story, regardless of what I decided. I, I think my, the most entertainment I got got out of the game, is uh when you make um like, uh like decisions like when you've got like two choices, the camera like zooms in on your character's face, and if you go to click like left or right, their like eyes move to like the decision you're making. And while I was waiting for people to uh, make decisions, I was just like waggling the uh, analog stick back and forth. So I just made everyone look like they had crazy eyes for <laughs> a little while. <laughs> and I think that kind of broke the horror emergence and what, <laughs> when everyone's like, oh, we're going to die, what are we going to do? And I'm just sitting there like rolling my eyes. Like googly eye- eyes on everyone. Yeah, yeah. googly eyes on everyone, yeah. <laughs> I, I think most most games and well, pretty much everything in life can be improved with uh, putting googly eyes on it. Um, although I wouldn't suggest following googly eyes. <laughs> no, because imagine I'm having a shit and you just see eyes staring up at you. Horror. Sorry, you just giving birth horror. to Mr. Hanky. I uh, took the words right in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think Until Dawn's always been something on like my radar, but I've just, yeah, not not got around to giving it a chance or you buying it or whatever. But it, I think I've heard good things, so it might be something I'd try one day. Yeah, I'd say do it. Um, I think you'd have more fun with it if you have like people with you, if you do it as a sort of group at a party or something. Like, uh, yeah. Like... Yeah. Well, I suppose that uh, finally concludes the Halloween episode from last week. <laughs> <laughs> and that bit we forgot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, from, from the... Uh, cool. About four weeks ago. Yeah. God, all that time ago. Yeah. No. Like, I guess on a, on like another 
maybe not horror, but maybe it's a bit horror. What about your experience with Returnal, Brandon? Yeah, so the the main scary thing about Returnal is the ending. It's it's you know awful. <laughs> it's actually all I really did not like the ending of Returnal. The whole at first the whole concept of it seemed really interesting because it it made out you to be like some sort of almost like some sort of space ranger astronaut thing who's you know got detached. Um, so it's just you and your ship Helios. So you land on like some sort of weird place where you, where you keep you know respawning after death, and the world changes every time you respawn. The first boss, you know, I've got no crawls with the first boss. It's a night gateway into it. Second boss, again, you know, pretty damn decent second boss. Third boss, wow. Now that's, you know, that third boss seems like something you'd see at the end of the game. And then you get to the, like, the fourth boss and then you're just like, right, okay. And then it's the ending and, you're, and then you're just like, wait, why is the third boss not the ending? Like the whole, I don't know. Do you guys want me to sort of go into detail about the ending can do for me i don't care but uh, okay, from, from how, you, how you're making it sound i think you should returnal it to the shop for yeah yeah because the basically the concept of the ending is what actually happened you weren't actually a spaceship which got stranded you were out on a car journey with your daughter a spaceman appeared in the middle of the road so you veer off course into the river and then that's how the story starts it's yeah, so it's I didn't I don't quite like that sort of approach to it. If they kept with the theme of, you know, lost at space with this weird concept of returning upon death and actually trying to return home, then yeah, I thought that would have been a bit better rather than actually returning to consciousness. Like if that makes sense. Yes. The co- so... the combat in it is great. The like they've got like an artifact system in it where it can give you like certain abilities like Increase your, um, you know, damage by ten percent, or decrease damage received by ten percent. You can have stout augments like increase your max health or reload, overload reloads, whatever. Then you've got parasites, which can give you a increased stat effect. In contrast, it will give you a negative stat effect. So it could be things like um, increase, like the the amount that you can recover when you heal. But the downside is every time you pick up an item, you take damage. For example, so it's like a trade-off, things like that, and then you can get um, what's called a, a malfunction, which is like a permanent debuff until you clear like a certain stat condition. So you could have like a malfunction where, again, like every time you reload, you take damage. Every time you pick up an item, you take damage. Every time you open a door, you take damage. But like there could be conditions like pick up an artifact, use a consumable, or melee five enemies, kill two enemies at the same time. So they're like your conditions to clear these mal- like these malfunctions. Which like the actual combat like that is very interesting. It's very like a shooting version of Dark Souls esque like gameplay, but it's just I just really did not like the ending. The like, the third boss I feel like the third boss should have been the ending, but obviously put the third boss at the end of the game rather than in the middle. Yeah, so I've like that ending like really sort of shot down my thoughts of Returnal. Like at first I thought it was going to be you know quite good, but nah. Because it's a wow. third-person shooter. It's know. a third-person shooter, yeah. Because yeah. it's a time yeah, roguelike, loop. Yeah. yeah, roguelike time loop game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the atmosphere I... and like the world hopping is fantastic. Like the fact that you've got to every time you die, you lose all your items on death, 
you then got to basically like farm through the levels for a bit to get the best weapons you can, the best artifacts you can, the best consumables you can, ready for the next boss fight. So I like that. That's pretty cool. Mm. And like the whole currency system on it with obelites and stuff, like you literally lose everything on death. Apart from ether, you keep ether. Okay. So that's really interesting. Yeah. But yeah. There's been a few, it's been quite a few time loop games this year. So you've got Returnal, you've got 12 Minutes, there's The Forgotten City, and Deathloop. Never heard of 12 Minutes. Oh, it's on Game Pass now. I have downloaded it, but I haven't played it. Do you know anything anything about 12 Minutes, Chris? Uh, It's got William Dafoe doing the voice in it. Yeah, I've been sport the whole game. I know the whole story, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is... I, I don't... I personally will ne- never play it, because it's so... <laughs> oh my gosh, that story is terrible, but... Uh, this is a bad oh, story. <laughs> and, uh, well, again, that um, 12 minutes, is it's a game like Until Dawn, all about the story, I imagine, more than the gameplay. So, again, if the story's bad, it's going to fall on its ass. I think, from what I've heard, like it, it starts off quite well, but then the more you peel back, the more it's like, uh... but then it has some interesting things with like the time loop. But sadly, the more you peel back of the story, the more fucked up it gets, and the more shittier it gets. Yeah, that's a shame. But I like, still want to uh, give it a go for myself. But yeah, I'm not sure how much I'm going to get into it. No. Like I know there's like a in there's like certain things you can do to like skip um trying to like tell a character that you're in a time loop and I think that's quite interesting. Okay. But right, like what would you give you would you say yay or nay on on Returnal Brandon? I say yes to get like for the actual gameplay, but no for the story. But it's it's good to experience like the boss fights and the whole combat. But what? But yeah, the ending is so so rushed. Like the first three area or the first two areas seem like well planned. The anything from the third area onwards, you start to feel like there's a big pacing issue. Yeah. So I'd probably call it like a five out of ten, me personally. Now this has got me thinking. Um... I'm not going to say all answers straight the way because I think we might have to think about it over the course of the episode. But what game has got like the worst ending of the games? Oh, I don't Assassin's know. Creed Three. Oh, that was quick. <laughs> because that game, that ending, killed Assassin's Creed for me. I've never touched the series since. I remember getting to that ending, and I was like, "Are you really kidding me? This? I've played five games." For this ending, I can't believe I, this. I'm I'm not familiar with the ending, so do you want to go into spoilers? Yeah. So the ending of Assassin's Creed Three, obviously, uh, obviously it's all about tw- uh, 2012, uh, the, the the world ending in 2012, and basically it it obviously obviously all gets they they save save the world, they save the destruction. But the what the way it's done is Desmond, the main character, pushes a button and basically becomes a martyr. But it's literally him just going, talking to loads of characters and just going, 
well, I just pushed this button. And then it, he pushes it, and then it's just like, Desmond was immortalized, and, and generations remembered him. I was like, you what? <laughs> you what? No. No, this oh, is not. Uh, it was so anticlimactic. It was... I I hated it. And then, I, I think what ha- makes me uh, even more annoyed is everyone else... He had Assassin's Creed 4 and everyone's like, oh, it's the best Assassin's Creed. And, it, and they go, oh, it does this, this and this. I'm like, I didn't like those things in Assassin's Creed 3. And 3 killed the franchise. I have no interest in playing Assassin's Creed 4, which might be the best Assassin's Creed. But 3 killed the franchise for me. So I have no interest. Well, that's got to be a really bad ending then to, to do all of that. Like this killer franchise, Stone Dead. That's For me, gotta be a hell of a fuck up. I see. I know a lot of people still love Assassin's Creed, and that—that's cool. I, I, I kind of wish I could get back into the series because I did enjoy it. But three killed it so much that I have no desire. And I, I'm, I'm, I don't. I want to play them again, but I feel like I'm just gonna play them and get frustrated again. See. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think now. Have I played any sort of games which have had like a really profound bad ending? Huh? Necessarily, no. I think obviously Returnal is the most recent one. Yeah, I can just roll for that now. I'm going to have to have a think about mine because I've got a couple of them running through my head, but I'm not sure which one's worse. <laughs> That's like I'll come back. I'll come back to me. There's <laughs> like a whole. I can think of like a few, but that's like if there's one that's killed me playing a franchise, and it's that. There's I don't think there's any other. Like I probably played one one games where it's like, oh, that was the ending. Oh, okay, but then I've just picked up the next game in the series and been like, yeah, there we go, let's go. But Assassin's Creed Three killed my enjoyment of a franchise, so I don't think there's any. For me, there's no better. There's no worse game to pick from than that. Mm. That so. sounds fair. But. Come well, on. I think we should... Uh, well, we've been on about uh, games that play like movies. But uh, shall we quickly discuss an actual movie which came out recently, uh, which me and Dan have both seen. I don't know if you've seen it, Brandon, but uh, Eternals. Not. Yeah, I've not seen it. Not seen it. The new okay. Marvel film. What did you think to it then? So, I did enjoy it. Going in, I was a bit unsure. I I seen very mixed responses, and I was a bit like, mm, I I hope this isn't a massive misstep from Marvel because I thought the trailers didn't were very. I was very mixed on the trailers. Yeah, they didn't quite grab me either. <laughs> And so it's still getting tree because it's Marvel. Yeah, I can't. But I was a bit like, eh, is it gonna do what I want it to do? And I got in, and I think over the course of the film, I I did really enjoy it. I I personally would put it very low on the Marvel films, personally. But like, I wouldn't put it at the bottom. But I wouldn't. No. I, I would definitely put it very low down. I 
think like there's a couple things they could have easily taken out of the film, like um, the uh, of what they called the the celestials. No, not the celestials. The the things they fight. Um, oh, the deviants. Deviants, yes. The like the sentient one, which eventually talks. Th- that had n- there was no reason for that to be in the film. <laughs> like, yes, I kind of agree with that because um, I went to see it with a friend as well, and uh, we both sort of draw the same conclusion. If you took like uh, one of like the like what they call the deviants, which is basically just fodder and then excuse for yeah. action scenes, we we think if if you took them out, it wouldn't really change the story like at all. <laughs> I think they needed something to fight, and that was that's how it feels. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, you know, I... well, we we need to have conflict of some sort, otherwise it's just going to be talking the whole film. Yeah, I, I think I, th- I think when I'm, I mean more the sentient deviant, there was no point of having one that was sentient. I think they just needed, I don't know. I think it was more for uh, was it Fina, um, Angelina Jolie's character, but I, I, I also thought if we're going, f- f- uh, well, are we going full spoilers? Because uh, uh, no. But, yeah. Uh, what what I will say is like yeah, there's there's no need for the like, sentient deviant, and um, it kind of went with uh, like zero fanfare as well. <laughs> it's kind of resolved just like pretty much immediately. That's like, how it felt to me. Without saying what any anything in like anything spoilery, what happens at the end made the sentient deviant obsolete. So. Mm-hmm. There was no reason to put it in in the first place. No, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was pointless, but I I thought it was it obviously looked fantastic and had a the cast of characters were really cool. I like um oh, I can't remember his name the uh the guy the guy who's doing all the uh, Bollywood films. I can't I can't remember. Oh, uh, Kingu. Uh, yeah. The the eternal, yeah, it's Kingu. Yeah, I I really liked him. Uh, I thought he was really good. Um, oh yeah, I'll, I'll give it this. It made me laugh more than I thought it would. I, it, it had quite some quite good jokes in it. Like. Yeah, I had a good imp- uh, good cast of characters. For I I didn't expect it to have like to. I thought it was gonna struggle developing a lot of the characters but it did a better job than i expected actually yeah it did i mean for me i don't know anything about the eternals so and normally for films like marvel you have like one film for like one character's a sort of introduction to them but for them to be able to take all of these characters like it's seven of them um in like one film and sort of introduce you to all of them in that one time yeah is quite impressive i guess yeah, obviously you had uh, uh, Kit Harrington who plays Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. He's in the film for about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. I thought, oh, there he is, and then he just like buggers off for like the rest of the film. And then like, he just, the they just appears he's at like, the oh, end. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm back. I'll, I'll come to pick up my paycheck. Appears <laughs> at, at the end. He's like, huh, and then goes off, and then yeah. <laughs> I quite, I quite, even though he's in it like five minutes. I quite enjoyed him. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what though, uh, like near the end, um, 
like there's a bit where like the camera holds on him for a second and how it's shot it feels like they're building up to something else with him it's like well do you see sequel bait (laughs) yeah well uh they they when they introduced him prior to the film coming out they said exactly what character he was playing it was like oh okay so this is how he's going to go forward in the MCU. So uh, I haven't seen anything about that myself. Well, I think it, literally when he got cast, it was like Kit Harrington is playing this character. It was like, oh, okay, there you go. But in all the promotional uh, stuff of the film, they said he's playing obviously the same character, but they haven't given him the superhero name. So prior to the promotional promotion of the film, they gave him his superhero name. Cool. So everyone was just like, oh, there you go. We know who, what character he's going to play and mm. how he's going to go forward in, in the MCU. And I bet if you told me what that character is, I'll probably respond with who? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, like when they say, oh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, I'm Star-Lord. Mm? Yeah. It, <laughs> from what I've vaguely read, I'm like, I'm really interested to see more of uh, Kit Harrington's character. Oh. oh, what's that bit? Um, from DC, um, it's like one of the comic panels. Like the, like one of the villains like gets the uh, character of the Flash and like takes his mask off and's like, oh, I still don't know who this is. Who is he? Just some guy. <laughs> no, I I didn't like Eternals. Um, but uh, sadly, for me, it was on the low end. But I did actually walk out going, I was very surprised and I'm glad I was yeah because I, I went in with like zero expectations because I, I think like the Marvel f- uh, sort of phenomenon is waning a little bit um, so yeah I wasn't like massively hyped for it but I did come out thinking that was better than I thought it was going to be I think and I'll it's not as carry on I was going to say, it's not as bad as For the Dark World. That's still the worst one, in my opinion. I think, yeah, I think that is my least favourite, followed by Iron Man 2. Mm. Yeah, and yeah I the, think that's really Like, for me, they're the worst two. Like, but then the thing is with Iron Man 2, I kind of, I kind of blame behind the, behind the scenes for how that came out. Not not um, I forgot his name. Not the actual director. Well, what do the behind the like, scenes do to it? Uh, you mean they, like uh, what happened with Terence Howard? Uh, no. So behind the scenes of Iron Man Two, they the director wanted two or three years to write the script, and he was told no, you have to write it in one, and it had to also set up so many other things. So it Iron Man Two is a weird film where it's just setting up many things and kind of doesn't really do much else apart from that and it's quite a boring film there's hardly any action when there is action it's actually really good to be fair but it there's like a massive lull in between i think it i think if time had been given to it i think it would have been fantastic but it's just very bland I did think Mickey Rourke's uh, Whiplash was good, but again, he was like off like really quickly. 
yeah. like, oh, I was expecting like a much like bigger sort of end battle, yeah. like two on one, and it just sort of didn't happen. It like started off like it was going to go uh, bananas, and then just sort of stopped. Yeah, you got um, thing is hammer. I forgot. Uh, oh, uh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I, I love Sam Rockwell a, as Hammer. Oh, he's a very good actor. He, he, he's fantastic in it. Uh, I've but, never seen him do a bad performance. Yeah, I, not one I can think of anyway. No. But yeah, Eternals, good, just low end. Yep. Yeah, better than what the reviews say. The reviews like really slagged it off. Yeah. From what I've seen, and I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to Spider-Man, but I think right now Shang-Chi has been the best thing Marvel's done this year by by an absolute mile. Yeah, I've not, not, even, not even close. Oh, it has, uh, as of yesterday, been added to Disney+. Plus. Yes. You can watch it straight away. Yep. Which, is, uh, which just happened. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that announced anyway. It was just, oh, it's just there. I only seen that a couple of weeks ago. Right, I've got an honest question for you, Chris. Is Disney Plus worth it? Uh, if you really like uh, like the Marvel stuff, yeah, because um, you've got a lot of new shows coming. They announced a I was, was going to say, because I've barely watched any of the Marvel films. And to be, to be fair, there's also quite a few just bog standard regular Disney films, which I technically wouldn't mind watching, you know, during the Christmas period. Mm. I mean, it's, uh, what is it now currently? Is it £60 for the year? I mean... I mean, they are doing that £2 promotional offer, which ends today, but I, I'm hearing like mixed comments about how it actually works. Okay, I, I don't know about that. Uh, I would say it is personally. I like a lot of Disney films. I like a lot. I like Marvel, and I like Star Wars. So yeah, it's I, got every episode of The Simpsons on there. So yeah. you could it's like, like really random thing to have on there. Because like Disney, Fox, Disney bought Fox. Oh wow! Yeah. That was it, uh, ages did, ago, but yeah. I I did think it got a lot better um, a few months ago when they integrated with uh, Star. Yes. Because they added like a, a load of what seemingly random films, especially stuff from like the nineties. Yeah. Like a lot of nineties films on there. <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad thing. I I, I think it's worth it. Um, I, I earlier this year I was going through a whole load of Disney films that I hadn't seen. Uh, I still need to watch a whole load of them, but I was like, uh, most of them are really old ones. And I remember rewatching one, and I I started rewatching it. Not no, I started watching one, and I watched the first. It was it's like two films in one, and I watched the first half, and I was like, I've seen this before, and I realised my parents when I was younger. Uh, they recorded the film, but they only recorded half of it. <laughs> so I've what watched. Film is that? It is. Uh, what's it? Oh, what's it uh, called? The story of Ichabod Crane, or that that one? Oh, Ichabod Crane. Yeah, I yeah. know that one. So it's like I'd seen The Wind of the Willows half, which is the first half, a number of times, but I'd never seen the Ichabod Crane bit. <laughs> yeah. I haven't. I I know of it, but I haven't seen it myself. I've it's, not seen it. It's alright. Like, uh, I don't know. When I was a kid, I was like never really into Disney. I I I think I had that mindset when I was a kid. Like, like Disney was for girls, so I didn't really watch it. 
I think you know, as you get older, like you just appreciate a lot of the old Disney films. Like I've, the main reason I'm asking is because I went through a phase last month where I was just like, I really want to watch like the original Beauty and the Beast. I want to watch Bambi. I want to watch 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. I want. To watch... I I got a few of them that I want to rewatch. I think I know what you mean. Where it's like, oh, I think it's for girls because there's a lot of older Disney films where it's all Disney princesses. Whereas yeah. A lot of the uh, newer newer films have gone a far have gone far astray from that uh, mindset or structure. Yeah, I f- think some of them try to like actively avoid it because they don't yeah. want to get typecast. Or, but uh, I think having like a younger sister and a uh, younger female cousin who are really into Disney also have that mindset into me as well. <laughs> if they like it, I don't want to know. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to like what the girls are into. I'm a man. Like, well, I'm a. I'm a ten-year-old. <laughs> I've seen Frozen one and two like nearly twenty times, and I enjoy both of them. But at the same time, I I don't really care. Like I see them for what what they are. They're they're just a good film. Yeah, maybe the first one is a bit more Disney princessy, whereas the second one is has a lot more mature f- themes, and, well, and even the soundtrack is a lot more mature. Well, my my take on Frozen, like anyone cares, <laughs> it's fucking Frozen. Um, I I like the first Frozen. I actually went in like sort of watched it because I was bored because I wanted to see like how much I just hate it. Um, when I finished watching it, I was like, wow, shit, I can't really take the piss because that was actually quite good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but I watched the second one. I did not like the second one at all. Uh, the second one falls into a trap which a lot of uh, sequels do, where um, they sort of like have the side character in this case, like Olaf, and give him like a bunch more screen time because yeah. the kids like him. And he's like, no, every time he's on screen and like just kills the story dead, it's just like to do some pointless shit. It's just like, oh, just get him off screen. Like they, like they do it with the minions as well. So they were like really popular. Yeah. Like, like, it happened with Despicable Me. It's like, oh, let's make them the focus. It's like, no, it's a... don't yeah. want, do not want. <laughs> yeah. Both, yeah. I, no, I, I, I know what you mean with uh, Frozen Two, but I enjoy them yeah, both. I, I think probably the first one is better, but I, I think the, I think the soundtrack for the second one is better personally. Yeah, and a guy from Fallout Boy that does like the main theme. Um. Oh no, I, I think it was Panic at the Disco. Oh, I was gonna say it's a band like that. I, I in ba- a band I don't care for. Yeah, but I, I recognise the name. Yeah, came okay, It's like I, I, that's a band I'm familiar with. Yeah, yeah. I know Weezer did a, a song for Frozen Two as well. Did they? <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Yeah, <laughs> bloody look. Yeah, it's it's I've good. Changed, I've changed my mind. Frozen Two is bro. <laughs> Weezer's in it. <laughs> I'm very shallow. <laughs> no, no. I would say Disney Plus is worth it, Brandon. Oh yeah, and you got the Mandalorian as well. Yeah, I was going to say, because that's another thing which I've not seen yet either. Yeah. That was why I got Disney Plus for The Mandalorian. And I still think it's probably the best thing, like, probably the best series they've done on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll agree with that. Right, this might seem like a really daft question. I can't remember if we've covered this before, but obviously it's been absolutely ages since I've watched it. Well, it's been about a year since I've seen any, um, maybe a year or two since I've seen any Star Wars. So I've only seen uh, four, five, six, one, two, three, and seven. Mm-hmm. 
do you, I need to watch anything more than that to get an idea of this whole world of the Mandalorian, or could you just sort of go in as a standalone? Mandalorian no, jump in. is set after Return of the Jedi. Okay. Like, it's set very soon after Return of the Jedi. Uh, okay. You can just go straight in there. All yeah. you need to know is the Mandalorian's just basically a bounty hunter, and that's it. That's all you really yeah. need to know. You can pretty much piece it all together from there. Realistically, you could literally just watch the original trilogy and then just go into the Mandalorian. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't need to watch any of the others, really. Here's a question while we're on Star Wars. How do you watch Star Wars? Like, in what order do you watch the films? Literally, I as like, I mentioned, four, five, six, one, two, three. I was going to say, generally, I watch Star Wars with my eyes. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you do. Uh, well, I'm a bit older, so um, I only had like, the original trilogy mm. kind of growing up. So, obviously, I've seen those first. And then I've seen the uh, the prequels in order in the cinema. So, I have seen them like in the order they've been released. So. But, like, if you were planning to rewatch them, how would you watch them? I'd rewatch it four, five, six, one, two, three. Personally, okay. Yeah, yeah. I actually rewatched them all like last year when I like first got Disney Plus. I thought, sod it, I'll go for it. But Wait, I all the original Star Wars is on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, fuck me! I know what I'm doing this Christmas. <laughs> so I have an interesting way of watching the Star Wars films. Don't you dare say something like two, one, seven, nine, seventy-one to the square root of two. <laughs> Damn, you got me. So yeah. I watch and I'm episode four, so A New Hope. Yeah. Then Empire Strikes Back. But then right, okay. I wouldn't watch Return of the Jedi next. I would watch Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith, and then Return of the Jedi. Because it would the way I see it is you get to like the end of Empire Strikes Back. And Luke's just... I see Luke finds out that Darth Vader is his father. Spoilers. Uh, and But then, in between the time of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, it's him finding out about his dad. And you could have that as him, I don't know, fight, like reading or whatever, and that's just one to three. And then, mm. yeah, you watch... Uh, Return of the Jedi, then what, if you want, watch Force Awakens, and then and don't watch any more. Eight and nine don't <laughs> exist, boys. But what about the uh, Ewok films? What, or did you watch them in, like, Caravan of Courage? The other one. <laughs> Ewok films? They're the best Star Wars films. I don't know. They, oh, yeah, they're even Ewok all films? over the holiday special. <laughs> uh, they're things that exist. I'm sorry I've reminded everyone of those. No. <laughs> I never knew they did. Yeah, there was a oh, yeah. holiday special many, many, well. many moons ago in a galaxy far, far away. On a Tuesday afternoon, yeah. about lunchtime. Because that's where Boba Fett first appeared. Yeah, he certainly did. <laughs> in animated form. <laughs> Badly animated form. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I've been replaying like Dark Souls again with spare time for like the billionth time trying to try new challenge runs but, victory uh, achieved there awesome. you go victory achieved yeah and um uh, also getting really hyped for uh elden ring 
because they've oh, dropped like gameplay trailers now. Yeah. I've not spoken about Elden Ring yet. <laughs> I've not, I've not seen the game play trailers. I'm literally Neither. trying to keep it. I've seen the oh. pictures because obviously they're everywhere on Instagram and Facebook, but I've been trying to avoid any sort of video footage. And even like um, one of the YouTube channels, Mithimu, he's been uploading um, gameplay, yeah. you know, like trial gameplay. That I've even been avoiding that. Democracy is playing it. Uh, Vardy Vasti is, pl- is played it. Like a lot yes. of people are playing it right now. Yeah, I've seen Varty's video on it, and uh, yeah, D-Mods as well. I haven't seen D-Mods, but I haven't seen any videos. I've seen, like, they're out, but I've not watched any yeah. of them. All right, well, all I would say is um, there, there appears to be, like, a lot of assets and, like, animations pulled from Dark Souls 3. <laughs> but um, I won't go any further into it. You, uh, don't want it spoiled. But all I can say is I really, really want it in my face. And frankly, the fact that FromSoft hasn't sent me a copy is just frank. It's just rude. It's just rude. I really can't <laughs> wait for the release of it. I so cannot wait for it. You know, we're just going to have like an, an Elden Ring episode where we're all just like, oh. We'll be dribbling. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we won't. We're, we're not going to be able to drag ourselves away from the game long enough. To, <laughs> to no, it would be like a live react. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guys, uh, just just fair warning, when Elden Ring's come out, we're taking like a month off of recording. <laughs> I'll come back and shell of a man. Yeah. <laughs> nah. oh, we're going to go hollow, I think. <laughs> that won't be that bad. I will. Speak <laughs> yourself. Yeah. I, think, I think you're already getting like that, aren't you, Brandon? Yeah, I opened that tin of worms last week, last couple of weeks, and uh, well, you've not stopped since. Yes, yeah, so... If, as anyone remembers from a previous episode of the podcast, Dan decided to state that he's recently been playing old school RuneScape again. And ever since then, he got me rehyped for it, and I've been playing it since. <laughs> I've gotten a couple of my of, of my um, Twitch uh, viewers into it as well. So there's now like a group of three of us who have been playing it like all day yesterday uh, as a recording. We were just out, you know, questing on the game. It was so good just to. Being back to like thirteen-year-old Brandon playing RuneScape, it, oh, I'm, I'm loving it to bits. Really, I really loving com- it to bits. I can confirm to our listeners that uh, Dan and Brandon, on our personal messages, have not shut the fuck up about RuneScape. All <laughs> 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 pissing week. <laughs> I think it's more Brandon than me, to be honest. But still. and I still haven't played it, and probably never will. <laughs> I, I, I think, don't want to fall down that rabbit hole. I don't want to turn into you guys. I think <laughs> I if you hadn't played it when you were younger, you won't play it now. No. No, but that's the thing. Like one of my friends, one of my viewers who had been playing it, he's never even heard of it until I mentioned it. Right. And then as soon as he started to hear the soundtrack, he was like, "Yeah, Brandon, I'm sold." <laughs> and then now he's mainly playing the game because he's really interested on the economic system of it. Yeah. It's uh, they they change it all the time, so certain things are. Uh change price all the time yeah i've been really really enjoying it and i'm now currently on a grind to try and get four and a half million gold so i can get like a two-week membership (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i'm really trying my hardest it is it's literally almost (laughs) obviously you can tell that not as many people playing it because i think back in the days was it two thousand people per world was that that. but now i think you're lucky if you see 500 in the world but i mean it's still you know, a decent number of players still playing it. I and it's still actually, like in the community, yeah. I did actually go on to RuneScape 3 actually yesterday 
because I was like, I may as well see my original character again. So I saw him. I don't know how, but my PC really struggled to play RuneScape 3. I don't know why, but it was lagging like who knows what. Uh, So I pretty much came off, and I was like, well, there we go. I'm probably not going to play RuneScape 3. But essentially, it's just literally old-school RuneScape with more skills, with many... Obviously, newer quests. Obviously, to a point, old school, old school RuneScape went right. We're stopping here. This from now on, going forward, it's RuneScape free. From here, backwards, it's old school RuneScape. So, yeah, because one of the things I've I watched a video. It was about uh, RuneScape trying to stay modernized and how. They didn't want people, obviously, because all the original player base at the time were like 13, 14, 15 year olds who had the time on their hands. So now they were like, okay, we're trying to hold all these older players, but because they've got jobs and livelihoods, they don't want people to be stuck in this endless grind. So they've been like in RuneScape 3, introducing like these like pay to win aspects and other bits to increase the speed you can gain experience to avoid all that. But that's. I mean, I, call me old-fashioned, but I still like the old-fashioned method of just AFK, like clicking on a tree, waiting for you to cut it down, waiting for it to respawn, and then moving on, go to the bank store or whatever. Like that's It's just the chill atmosphere of it is what me like. I enjoy. And I'm guessing you probably feel the same way, Dan. It's just that nostalgia of it. Yeah, right at the moment, I'm trying to get 60 uh, woodcutting and fire-making because now I have done, except for one, I've done all the free quests. And mm-hmm. the la- uh, once you've done Dragon Slayer and another quest, uh, you can go to a new M area, which is, funny enough, actually a members area. But you can actually go in. You can go in into it uh, for free on on a for if you're a free member, a free player. And so, because of that, which is obviously something they've added. Uh, I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know when they added it, but. I don't remember that quest and that area, but now that I've added it, I can cut maple logs or maple trees, which you could never cut if for free. Yeah, I was going to say, because that was like player. one really weird concept. Like once you reach level 45 of woodcutting, you're able to cut down maple logs. But there was like they said, oh yeah, free-to-play players can do it. But the accessibility of maple trees as a free-to-play was like impossible. It was members only. Yeah. The only way you could... You could buy the logs and burn them but you could you couldn't cut them but now you can so once you've beaten dragon slayer and done uh whatever the, it's like the curse of something cove the corsair curse yeah once you've done that both of those quests you can cut maple uh logs so i'm just cutting maple logs right now i'm just be there <laughs> And there's just three yew trees next to me, so as soon as I've got level 60 woodcutting, I can just roll onto the yews. No one's there. No, I have no one to contend with. To There's no one trying to take my trees away mm. from me. So, yeah. There's no bank near me, but then... Yeah, I was going to say, like, is there a bank nearby? There, There is, because if you do the uh, castle curse, you get the bank. But... 
it's still a bit of a walk. So I'm just happy leveling up my fire making and woodcutting right now. I mean, yeah. But <laughs> I, I think it's getting to that point where I'm like, I don't know, I'll keep going, but I can see myself paying for men- membership, but I kind of don't want to either. That's why I'm working trying to get like the bonds for it. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, but the, how much is the membership? Is it £6 or is it £7? I think we said it was about £7 a month. Yeah, like so that. that is arguably, it's, you know, it's a, it's a fair amount of money, but it's something which you could possibly just remove something which you nonsensely buy in your life to supplement it. Like, for example, uh, it's a couple of days, like when I swallowed my piercing, one of my thoughts was, oh, I probably need to eat more to encourage it to go out. So I literally spent like a tenner on food. I didn't need to do that because I've got food at home, but I just spent a tenner on food anyway. So it's like, could I just change these nonsensical purchases and just, you know, do it something like this for like, rather than that 10 minute of food, could I turn that into one month of entertainment? Yeah, well, that's, you got to look at that with everything. Mm. Not just uh, for gaming, just for everything. Should I spend food or can I put it into... My, uh, my bank account to go towards my mortgage. Hmm. That's, that's, another thing I've been, that's another thing I've been doing as well. <laughs> I would I much rather have 10 packets of hobnobs than a month worth of RuneScape, but that's just me. Yeah, I'd rather have a membership than hobnobs. You sort your priorities out, mate. Why not both? <laughs> <laughs> what, half, half a month and then only five packets of hobnobs? No deal. No deal. <laughs> <laughs> so... Like, as I said, I have now, except for one quest, I have now finished all the quests on RuneScape. So, and I've, I've kind of nearly finished all the free content. I'm just grinding, but I've had a good time. And uh, I'll probably still, I'll still be playing it, but it's, I'm, not, I'm not playing it as much as I was. But I've got a few other commitments I need to sort, so it's probably a good thing I'm not playing it as much. But... Mm. I I I don't, I kind of don't want to go down the member route just yet, but I think I can see myself going down it, and I I'm scared. I can see myself doing it just to remember what it's like, and just to like properly experience all the content. Like even like during Christmas, for example, I might pick it up in December, just so like when I've got that week off during Christmas, I, I can be like, so. okay, I can you know experience some of the some of the content yeah i might do the same i mean it's seven quid for like one month it's like what one pound fifty a week ish <laughs> mm. yeah um, whereas you can just quite easily sink that money into something like two alcoholic beverages which you could just have in like t- 10 minutes yeah, yeah so i'm probably gonna do it it's just for the month of december just to see how i get on Mm. But although RuneScape is quite a, I'd say a slow paced game, Chris, you've been playing a far fast paced game. In the I have, yeah, like the polar opposite to RuneScape. Yeah, very, um, very fast paced, stylish, you could say, game. Well, I don't of... want to cry. <laughs> I don't want to cry on about it, 
but I uh, have been playing Devil May Cry 5, uh, which I finished on stream only a couple of days ago. Uh, and it's been sitting on my hard drive for like two years. I just had not got around to playing it. I don't even know why. I just like never felt like I was in the mood for it. Because um, I suppose it, the problem with Devil May Cry 5 is it's not Dark Souls, so therefore I'm not playing it. Uh, but no, uh, I had a blast of it. I had such a fun time. It's such a good game. Uh, if I have one critique with it, though, um, it just sort of ends. Like, um, you kind of see where the plot's going towards like the last couple of chapters. And they they sort of like build up that you've got to you and the silver character's got to like do a thing, stop the evil, bloody bloody blah, save the world. But it just sort of bugger off, and then you resolve it like um, by having a fight during like as the credits roll. And it's not even like a big boss fight or anything. It's just like standard enemies. And I was like, mm. oh, that's it. <laughs> I was like, well, I did enjoy it. Um, it's uh, it plays merry hell with your muscle memory because there's three characters you can play as throughout the campaign, and you like swap between them. But their moves set and gameplay style are so massively different. So when you've been playing as another character, you switch over to the next one. You you're still instinctively trying to play it as a different character, and then realise it's not working. <laughs> so uh, it, it's always like a bit of a gear shift. Um. But I, I really did like it. A lot of people said, like, the new character in it, V, they were a bit decisive about his combat. Because um, he doesn't actually, like, attack enemies himself. He has, like, a couple of familiars that do his attacking for him. And you just, like, come in and, and finish him off. But uh, I concluded with, I actually preferred his gameplay over the others. Uh, and I think it all boils down to, I seem to be doing much better at it playing as him than the other ones. I was getting, like, much higher rankings in combat playing as him than I did the others, so I think by default I preferred him, because I was actually half decent at playing him. Because uh, I'm, I'm not the best at like Devil May Cry games. I have played all of them, um, but I would never say I'm brilliant at them. I can get by. Um, like The original games, uh, you can use like ranged weapons like double pistols to take off enemies, uh, health bars, or you can get up close and personal doing big damage with your swords. But I was always a complete coward and just like hide at the back and realize, look, it's doing pistol damage, but I am killing them. Just hiding in the corner away from all their attacks, just spamming the fire button like mad. But it's working. It's taking half an hour, but it's working. Mm. I'm never going to get an S rank, but hey, I don't really care. Because <laughs> like, I'm not that competitive. Um, the game, like Devil May Cry 5, does have some like online sort of uh, features. And that's, um, if you look closely, you can see other people like playing the same level as you are, but playing as one of the different characters, like during the same storyline. Like, story oh, you mean line, like what Dark Souls has got with the online mode, how you can see the shadows? Kind of, yes, but um, you don't sort of like interact with them at all. They're like off in the distance. They're like, they're like behind walls and kind of thing. They're like literally like 200 meters away from you. Like, oh, okay. So you don't actually like cross paths at all. But I'll be honest, um, these things happened, and like uh, it actually, like at the end of the mission, to like rank the other player that was playing as like crack or stylish. But you don't really notice them. <laughs> it was like there was another player. I didn't see him. 
I was too busy trying not to die myself. I didn't even mm. notice other people were playing. It's only after I did a couple of missions I sort of knew they were there. I didn't realise it was a feature at first. And then uh, it's only after doing a few missions I realised, oh, other people are doing like the same thing as I. Uh, so I kind of tried to keep an eye out for them. But it, it's not really important to the main gameplay because it has no effect. Uh, I don't know what happens if you rate them as crap. I, I thought I'd be nice and like rate everyone as, yeah, good job. Mm. <laughs> Even though I have no idea how well they did. They could have lost all their lives, for all I know, but I'll still rate them as good work. Well done. Keep it up. But yeah, would I recommend Death May Cry 5? Absolutely. It's a, uh, it is a blast to play. A little bit confusing, as I say, when you, like, you swap between characters, but I'm sure most people can get around that easy enough by you know, just being good at the game. Not not being as crap as I am. But uh, <laughs> I got by just fine. Uh, it does sort of like have a life system like the other games, but throughout my entire playthrough, I never lost a single life. In fact, I think like, bar like, a couple of bosses, I didn't come close to dying. Like, although I was on like, the uh, noob difficulty. Because uh, I know how hard like, the past Devil May Cry games can be. And I thought, there's no way I'm putting it on hard mode. Especially in front of a live audience. I'll look like a right tool. So, yeah, it's still very good, though. I do highly recommend it. And that's my take on Devil May Cry 5. Go treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what is the actual gameplay style of Devil May? Because I've never played it at all. Uh, it's like a very fast-paced hack and slash. Okay. So I'd say, like, the opposite of RuneScape. <laughs> Everything yeah. moves at like 100 miles an hour. Uh, you got to get like fast combos going. So, uh, I mean, that's what a lot of the combat boils down to is like being able to memorize combos and do them fast. Because uh, you get like a ranking system, and uh, the more varied you are, the higher it climbs up. But if um, you don't attack or don't mix it up, like your uh, ranking like goes down. So uh, you've got to keep at it. So the uh, the faster and more aggressive you are, the better you're going to do. Okay. Do you know but, uh, like Bayonetta, Brandon? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically it's Bayonetta is basically exactly like Devil May Cry. Okay. Yeah, gameplay wise. Yeah, uh, Devil May Cry did it first. That's why I said Bayonetta is basically exactly like. Yeah. yeah. I still haven't played Bayonetta. I own Bayonetta. I haven't played it for more than like 10 minutes, so I just didn't get into it all that much. But maybe I think I need to replay it <laughs> now I've played Devil May Cry. Yeah, I, I, I've I played Devil May Cry 1 and a bit of 3. And I think I'm the same as you. I know I'm not very good at them, but I enjoy them. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're a fun time, even if you're not great. I've even seen but, the anime. <laughs> I have seen the anime. I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, <laughs> that was years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was that was all right. Yeah, it was From actually. What I remember yeah. it wasn't too bad. No. I can't really remember a lot of it. I uh, it from what I remember, it's kind of like a sort of monster of the week deal. There's like some like different demon attacking like every episode, which I think so. goes to sort of. And then there's like this background character. Who like sort of appears every now and again, like at the end of each episode after like the confrontation has gone down, and then it turns out like he's like the the big bad at the end. He's got like the demon parts from the fallen yeah. enemies. 
and then Don just kicks his ass, and that's pretty much the series. Yep. I think I saw the Devil May Cry anime earlier this year. I can't remember. Yeah, it's not bad. No. It's one I've actually I, seen. I can't really remember much of it, though, to be fair. So I probably wouldn't rank it overly too high. No, no I think it's uh, one and done. He's like, I watched it. That was cool. But it's it's kind of like fluff. There's, there's not a lot of like detailed stuff going on. It's just like a lot of action. And when it's mm. done, it's done. <laughs> well, I have bought and I have played the new Call of Duty. Call of Duty Vanguard. <laughs> I, I only, I mainly only really bought it to play with my group of friends. Really, um, I, I, I quite like the last one more as a, a game I could play and chill out and put a podcast on or some music. It became a bit of a podcast game for me, uh, and I, I quite enjoyed it in that sense. I still actually kind of do, no, I, well, no, I still do. Uh, Cold War became a podcast game for me, and because of my all my friends, my close friend bought Vanguard. I was like, it'd be nice to game with them all still. So I bought Vanguard. I've not played too much to be honest, and I've only really played. Well, until today, I'd only been playing the multiplayer, but I have played the zombies, but I've only played one game. Um, and campaign I have yet to touch. I didn't even touch the campaign on the last game. <laughs> and I don't know if I w- even will on this one. <laughs> but the multiplayer is fine. It, I, it's been really laggy for me, so I don't know if that's the game itself or my internet, but it's been very laggy. So I'm not sure what's going on. Well, that's a bit of a bummer, considering that's like complete core aspect of the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, but it, uh, Vanguard is like a World War Two one, so they've gone back to World War Two. That it's kind of carried on what uh, when they rebooted like kind of the series with Modern Warfare. It's kind of carrying on with that. So Modern Warfare, Warzone, Cold War, and Vanguard are all kind of integrated in some ways whereas if you go on Warzone you can use all the weapons from all three games which is kind of nice uh, yeah I, I, from my little time I've played of it I'm enjoying it but it is very laggy um, yeah it's nice to use the World War 2 weapons again uh, I quite I quite like them to be honest uh, and yeah there's not it's just it's kind of just the same thing. There isn't really much to say, really. Well, here's a question for both of you, then. Obviously, we've all had our fir- our fair share of first-person shooters. What sort of era, in terms of first-person shooters, do you prefer? World War One, pre-World War One, you know, like 1870s-ish, you know, like with um, stock-action rifles, you like World War Two, where they started to in- like, introduce tanks and airplanes... Would you like Cold War style, like 1960s, or modern warfare, or futuristic warfare? Like, where would you say you prefer your first-person shooters? I don't care as long as it's enjoyable no. and uh, kind of does uh, something uh, uh, different. How how about throw you a curveball? How about something like Time Splitters or Serious Sam, where you're jumping around all of them? Yeah, or like a fan- or like a fantasy one. Yeah, 
Yeah. Time Splitters well, Future Perfect is probably one of my favourite uh, first-person shooters of all time. My my friend and I we, he, uh, I used to he used to come around mine or I'd go around his. I bring my PlayStation Two. We play Time Splitters Future Perfect. We go on the uh, the level Siberia. Just have uh, sniper rifles and just sniper all the enemies and eventually it would just be him and I and it would just be a slow my slow death as he snipes me. Mm. I mean I love Time Splitters two and three. I've still got my GameCube copies of it. Um they are they are such good games. But I'll tell you something. I didn't like the first one when yeah. it first came out. Same. And I didn't like it for the dumbest reason. I didn't like it because of the control scheme. Which is like the same control scheme we still use now. <laughs> <laughs> the first that one control... is very. That, that... So that that control scheme wasn't like the standard back then. Like every game, like played differently. Like all, all sort of first-person games played very similarly now. Yeah. When I. Yeah. Oh. I like when I went back to Future Perfect. I changed the controls to be like COD to make it easier yeah i know like we, we've mentioned goldeneye a couple of times but you know, tried to play them like any shooter on the n64 now jesus with one analog stick <laughs> yeah how do we do it guys how do we do it even when you just play uh like metroid prime one and two on the gamecube it even that you can it feels weird where you just got one analog stick well, you can, you do have two, but the other one it doesn't do, doesn't isn't for like turning or anything. It's for your weapons. Yes. Did, did they fix that in like the remaster? Because I know like you you play it on the Wii, but you can still connect like a GameCube up to it. Did, did they give no you idea. Like, no idea. No, I don't know either. But yeah, as I said, I I I have played the zombies on Vanguard as well. And it's really weird. I don't know if I like it or not. Where I don't know if any of you have played Call of Duty Zombies. The last one I played was Black Ops Three Zombies. Uh, well, it mostly hasn't changed. This is like the the first one that has felt very different. Where you start in like a little small area, and you go and do like objectives and it uh uh you makes the area bigger as you do these objectives and all your perks are free right uh pack a punch is slightly more expensive and it i don't know i i i think as i went on i was like this is actually okay but it was initially it was there it felt very weird I'd been so used to Cold War zombies that going on to the Vanguard zombies, I was like, I don't know if I like this or not. I think the more I play it, I think I will, but I think Cold War zombies was kind of perfect. As someone who had not played zombies for a long time, it was like the... it. I spent I spent too many hours grinding on zombies i've got like two gold guns uh got like a, mm-hmm. a diamond gun 
Like I had I had an absolute blast on Cold War Zombies and I don't know if I'm gonna have that same experience on Vanguard. Yeah, when we first went into lockdown back in, you know, March last year, I picked that's when I picked up Black Ops three because I wanted to play the zombies and I think I played it for a whole month straight. Just going back to that getting used to zombies and actually it took me a while to get used to the new aspects of Black Ops three zombies, you know, with the um you know how you turn into that creature like thing I've i really it took, me, it took me so long to get used to it but once i did i i fucking love it i've not played black Ops 3 zombies it is so good like so I... I i download sorry I, I downloaded um black Ops 3 for the uh ps plus uh a few months back booted it up realized it didn't have a single player campaign uninstalled it <laughs> they mean black Ops 4 is it Black Ops 4? Yeah, probably. Black, Black Ops 4 was the one that came out, which has, which is like, you need your own separate hard drive to play it. Yes, it took <laughs> like, it, I swear it took like an entire day to download. When I finally got it, I didn't even play it. Uh, yeah, it's a monstrous game. I think that's the main reason I haven't downloaded it yet, is because it's like over 100 gigabytes of data. I'm just like, I really can't be asked to wait that long. Like, I look yeah, at my good. hard drive and it's just, all the cards are just so much memory is just them. Mm. It's just it's ridiculous. Most of it's just Warzone. So I I yeah, I'm, I enjoy them, but I mean I'm not big on I'm not big on COD at all. Never have been. I I like like the the free modern warfare games. I thought they were fine, but that's yeah. more for like the storyline more than anything. Yeah. It's not many games that are like actually have the balls to like kill off your playable characters like part way through the storyline. So that kept it fresh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's about the best thing I can say of it. Yeah, I think for me, like the campaign for like COD peaked at Modern Warfare Three, and I've not had any interest in the campaign since. Yeah, yeah. I haven't just... really got an impression of any of the campaigns like. The only aspect of the campaign in which I remember is Call of Duty 2 at the very start where they say, look out, Stukas. And then the only other thing I remember is, what do you remember? No Russians. They're the, and obviously, I'm Max Tavish from Modern Warfare 2. But they're the only things from any of the mod, on the, of the Call of Duty campaigns I can remember. Like, that's it. Yeah, from what I understand, the uh, storylines just get very, very stupid and just don't make sense, but it, they don't care. <laughs> no. It's like, yeah, we just need an excuse to shoot people. We don't care what the plot is. <laughs> no. And it's mostly online anyway. Yep, mostly everyone cares about online these days. But That's at me, because yeah. I've got a bit of stick in the mud. I think that's the main reason why I sort of, I really didn't like the Star Wars Battlefront remakes. It's because it was just entirely online. Like, I thought, because you know, like, on the PS2, the Star Wars Battlefront, how you can do, like, you versus the AIs. Yeah. Like, that's the thing which I love the most about the Battlefront games. It's just how fun just you versus the AIs are. But they didn't bring that back with the Star Wars Battlefront remake. And I was like, oh, I was really disappointed by that. Yeah, I, I played a bit of the first one and it, it was fun. But at the same time, I was like, I don't see myself buying this game. I just went to a mate's and he had it. I was like, yeah, well, I'll play it. And it was fun, but I wouldn't buy it. 
Yeah, same. Like I've never actually bought a Call of Duty game. <laughs> all the all the ones I've played of, I've either borrowed them or uh, downloaded them for free. But the thing is, for me, because I care about the campaigns, and I know the campaigns are really short, I'd really be good like paying like full price for a new game only to play it for a few hours. <laughs> See what I mean? Oh yeah, by the way, just a quick off-topic, like, as we're talking about some older games. Mm-hmm. What's your guys' thoughts on the GTA Definitive Editions? I have none. <laughs> I've never really played the originals. They're not my thing. I've because never... I've, got, I've got the... Cause, again, last year during the lockdown, I picked up um, GTA 3 Vice City and San Andreas because I think they were on offer for like a few quid. But then when I'm seeing like these remakes coming out for like, th- like 30, 40, 50 pounds, I'm just like, what? Like, how are they different from the originals? Well, they've had graphical revamps, which uh, everyone is pulling apart, because from what I understand, um, people hate it. They said it's like a lazy, soulless cash grab, and they've, uh, they're worse than the originals. That's, that's what I was thinking. I was just like, how are they actually worth the difference compared to the originals? Because yeah. I don't see it. From what I understand, they're not worth picking up at all. Exactly. Try and hunt the originals. Because like the originals are all on the PS on the PS store for like literally just a few quid each. Well, yes. So why the hell would you download inferior versions for way more money? That's literally my thinking. <laughs> yeah, just wanted to just want to make sure that we we're all of the like mind. I've right. got the original free. Um, I think if I was to like play any of them, I what I'd do with I'd just um, like. Oh, I've got. I think Vice City and Free. I can easily play San Andreas. I think my copy isn't that great, so I'd probably just buy like the Xbox 360, or I wouldn't buy the remastered. I'd just buy a diff- another version of it and just play it. I could easily just mm. buy it on PC, to be honest, on Steam. There we go. I'd probably just do that, <laughs> and then there, yeah, there. Yeah, and then peasy. you can mod the shit out of it. Uh, I have uh, many, many, many weeks ago, I did play a game, and I've not had the chance to speak about this game. I it's a me, Adam. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I picked up Super Mario 3D World slash Bowser's Fury. I've yet to play Bowser's Fury. I've just been playing the 3D World, which is obviously a re-release from of the Wii U game. Obviously that came out early that whole game game came out early this year. So I've uh slowly playing that and uh it's really fun. <laughs> it it really is. It's been a while since I played a bit of Mario like that, but it's been really fun. Awesome. So of course uh Bowser's Fury takes place after Bowser's slightly annoyed I've yet to play Bowser's Fury. I can't say anything on that. But I've just been playing 3D World. Sweet. But uh, I, it's, one I've not, it's one I've not played. I'm. It's It's kind of like... You know, like, uh, like the original... Guess, the original trilogy on the NES. Where you got, mm-hmm. like... Um, no, wait, no. It's more... Actually, it's more like... New Super Mario Bros. on the DS. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, 
Yeah, there's like three gold coins you pick up in every level. Yeah, it's more like that, but then it's like more like a modern Mario where it's obviously 3D. Uh, but it it's really fun. You got very different power ups. That you got the cat power power up now, so you can turn into a cat. You can climb up things and stuff like that. Um, there's like other little off things you can do. So you got like Captain Toad, and you can play as him and do like a level levels with him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not too far into it, but I've been really enjoying it, and I've I've been busy doing so many other things. I've not got back to it, but I definitely will be playing more, and I'm really looking forward to playing Bowser's Fury at some point. I'm really interested to see what that is completely. I think it's that plays more like uh, Super Mario Odyssey, from what I've heard. Okay. I mean, I know we love like playing like the Souls games, like the really difficult stuff. But it is nice every now and again to boot up something like Mario, like something that's relatively easy and just chilling. Yeah, right. I, I'm like I said, I, I've had a, I've really enjoyed it, and been times when I'm like, oh, I got through a level, and then I'm like, oh, I'm missing these, this star or whatever, like the collectibles in each level. I'm like, right, I'm gonna go back and try and get them. And some, I, I remember the first world, I didn't go to the second world until I'd 100%ed every level. I was like, I, I was determined. Oh, I get that mindset. Yeah, when you just refuse to move on until you've right, done the very best you can in the other stages. Yeah, I get that. Sometimes to like the detriment because you know you, you can get wound up trying to do these levels like before you can even move on to the next ones. You just end up never playing them sometimes because <laughs> you refuse to move on. <laughs> like, no, I'm not doing World 2 until I've finished World 1. It's just not out. And then you just never get around to it. She just can't do it. No, I I will be playing more. Uh, I think once I've, probably when I've uh, started Bowser's Fury, I'll probably mention it again. But from what I've I've played, it's been really fun, and I'm very happy I bought it. Uh, I've had a really good time so far. Obviously, it is kind of standard Mario to a point. There's nothing really too new, but it's been really fun. Um, the, like, the gimmick of 3D World is that you can play four-player if you want. Obviously, you need four people there, uh, but yeah, you got you can play as you can switch between four characters. So obviously, Mario, Luigi, then you have Peach and Toad. No wow, Luigi. Bad times. He ain't even Smash. Missed opportunity. Sora, get out of here. Put wow, Luigi. Come on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I've, each character is different. Like, uh, like Peach floats. Uh, Luigi jumps a bit higher. I don't know what Toad's special thing is. And Mario's just Mario. Mm. But it's been good. 
So, yeah. Yeah, sounds so, like they're stealing the move sets from uh, the original Super Mario Brothers too. Yeah, I think well, it is. Doki Doki Panic, as everyone loves to point out. I was I I did think that when I played it, I was like, I feel like it's ha, is slightly inspired by uh, Super Mario too. But... Still, you say it plays like Mario, and they haven't done much new, but it's not wrong with that. No, Why fix what's not broken. No. They play great. So leave it be. Yeah. Like with many things. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, both of you have played an, another game each, haven't you? you? Chris, you've played Child of Light. I have. Uh, not for the first time. Uh, so I did that on chat uh, just this previous week. Because uh, some of my followers wanted me to play it. And I thought, you know what, that would be quite good. Because um, sometimes streaming RPGs can be like a mammoth task. Because you've got to set so much time aside for And yeah, it, if you want to play like an RPG online, uh, you literally have to play nothing else apart from that. That's going to take up all your time. But Child of Light uh, is not that long. Uh, you can do it in like 12 hours. The... Uh, combat mechanics are solid uh it so the combat system if if you've played a game like uh grandia it's a very similar kind of thing like um instead of like turn based you have a bar at the bottom of the screen with like your character portraits on and the enemy's portraits on and it's basically like moves in real time uh from left to right uh you got a blue bar where everyone's like waiting to t- take their turn and then you have like a red segment at the end, which is like the uh, the time before they take their action. And if you get hit or hit the enemies when they're in that segment, it can completely interrupt them and cancel that attack and move them like back on the timeline. Uh, obviously, different characters have like different speeds, so they can get more turns in. Uh, yeah, uh, graphically, it's really nice. They use like a lot of watercolors, sort of like fairy tale book. The plots. Pretty bare bones, uh, if I'm honest. It's pretty much what you'd expect from like an RPG. There's a dark evil, ooh, and you're <laughs> like the innocent child. Go forth and twat it. That's what it boils down to. It's, uh, the, uh, the soundtrack is pretty good as well. Uh, a reason one of my chatters wanted me to do it is because uh, two, couple, two separate couples on there, uh, when they got married, uh, had there had the theme to the game uh, as they walked down the aisle, uh-huh. which I think was a uh, staggering coincidence. It's <laughs> two separate couples have tried to buy it. I'm guessing it wasn't the boss battle theme music they played. <laughs> but, well, if I got married, I'd, I'd want to get married to some boss battle music. Hmm. Put, put on like um, those who fight further from Final Fantasy VII when I'm walking down. I foresee no problems with that. I'm sure everyone will be on board with it. But yeah, Child uh, Light. Um, I do highly recommend it. Um, I don't know if it's the first game I ever got for free on PS Plus, and oh, fucking it. what what a way to start your <laughs> free games. It's like, hey, have a really good RPG for free. And honestly, of all the free games I've ever had, that's probably one of the best ones. Because I think looking at it graphically, it wouldn't necessarily be something I play. But hey, it's a free game, so I wasn't going to turn it down. And I'm really glad I played it. 
because it is a really good RPG. Um, it's pretty easy as well. So if you've never really played RPGs all that much but want to get into them, uh, it's an excellent sort of starter RPG. So uh, get you to grips with like the whole idea of the mechanics behind them if you've never played one. So oh, that's yeah, uh, it is a. Uh, it's a very high recommendation for me. Uh, yeah, Child of Light. Go forth and play it. You'll have a blast. I've played okay. it, and it is a good game. Mm-hmm. The only downside to it that I can think of is uh, Ubisoft published it. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. But, it, as you say, it really does look really beautiful. Its art style is very... They're very good, and it does have a really uh, pleasant soundtrack as well. Yeah, as I say, it's not too long. You can do it in any weekend, easy. Um, if I if I give it one uh, minor criticism, is that I think it wraps up like really quickly. Like when I was streaming on it, and like uh, the the one before last stream I did of it, um, I didn't realize how close to the end I was. Like I didn't realise the place I was was like the last dungeon because it doesn't it didn't feel like it. <laughs> it. It just felt like a sort of water dungeon, which is, you know, one of the tropes of um, RPGs, like your sort of elemental dungeons. And yeah, it just felt like I was at the water level, and then before and a bit, oh, oh shit, this is like the end of the game. Damn, <laughs> this could have came out of left field. So um, yeah. Um, Still, though, it's still very, very good, and should all uh, give it a shot if you see it. I believe you can get it really cheap now as well because it's been out for some time. It's I think I got it free on PlayStation as well. Yeah, yeah, this would have been about what? Actually, quite a while ago. Actually, the more I think about it, probably was about 2014. <laughs> yeah, I I think it was a while that it was free on PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I've, as I say, it's one of the first games I got free with PlayStation Plus. And I, uh, according to my years, I had the PS4 uh, back in 2014. So shortly after it came out. And I got it like, I got PS Plus like straight away. Because I thought it looked alright. And I wanted to like do stuff like Netflix and that. And you needed PS Plus to do that. But yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Brandon, last game for you. So today, I bought this when I got the PS5, but I picked up Tribes of Midgar. And so I'd say if you're like a fan of like Age of Empires or anything which you need to like gather a certain resource to build up your town and then every night you'll have like a wave. Actually, nah, probably the best way I can describe this game is almost like Don't Starve. Apart from you don't need to eat, you just need to gather resources, defend your base, and every night, you know, you get invaded. Game gets gradually more and more challenging as time goes on. But yeah, I played it for about an hour this morning, and I was, I was, I was having a good time. So if you're, if you're, if you're looking for like just like a strategy game, just to chill, because I think the game itself now is is quite cheap. Like I'd be surprised if you find it for more than like fifteen fifteen pounds. I mean. It, it's just something which you can just turn your head off and just 
you know, basically just have a good time playing a strategy game. So I'm probably going to go back to it like next weekend outside of streaming, outside of editing for YouTube and stuff like that. But yeah, so as probably by the next podcast episode, I'll be able to tell everyone a little bit more about my experience with it. So it, it seems like a weird coincidence that um, all three of us, have, like the, the last few games we've talked about each, have all been like what we describe as like chill games. Then. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the cool thing about Trials and Midgar is even though it's branded as an online game, you can do up to 10 players online where basically you have like a, you can go like with a group of friends and just basically as long as all of you are online you can all just hop into the server and you know just all of you just gather certain resources and try and survive and take on bosses but the one thing i'm unsure about is whether the bosses and all the enemies scale to the number of players in the game you know like how some games have that yeah hold a thought so yeah i don't know if tribes Midgard will have that because otherwise it'll just make it ridiculously easy if you're playing with 10 players yeah so you say it's like a strategy game yeah so on the first night on the first day you basically you've got nothing you've got no weapon you've got no armors uh basically the whole point is like that first day you have to like gather sticks you have to gather wood flint take them to your base you can turn those into like a beginner like pickaxe and axe so you can go out and get whole trees and whole rocks then you can take them back to your base to turn them into construction materials to fortify your defenses, upgrade your life tree, upgrade your civilians, put in like archery towers. And it's just basically like an ongoing survival thing. And I think there's also like a loot system in it. So like if like depending on how long you survive in that world, you can then you then get rewards which you can, which you can use as currencies to buy things like cosmetics or extra goodies to use in game. So yeah, I'm yet I'm yet to experience all of this, but you know, I think it was gonna be, you know, quite a quite a nice play. Mm. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's as pretty much as much as I can say, because like I said, I've only played about an hour of it. Well, I think I've been quite a stacked stacked few weeks of us just gaming and all that. Hmm business as usual <laughs> yeah business as usual i guess that'll probably do us for this week uh <laughs> who knows what we'll talk about next next time who knows yeah, as ever guys any suggestions pop it on the facebook or instagram we do take notice <laughs> stay safe and don't eat things which you or mum and dad haven't told you to do do not eat your own piercings Definitely do not eat not. your piercings and do not put things in your mouth which you're not meant to. Don't Aye. eat yellow snow. <laughs> Just don't eat snow. Who the fuck eats snow? <laughs> Me as a kid. Dave England. <laughs> no, it was Aaron McGeehy. No, it was Dave England. No, Aaron did it as well. He uh, made like a snow cone. Oh, uh, it, was it, I thought it was Dave England. No, maybe, it was maybe it was both. I don't know. Well, that's no way to behave. Oh, that's cheesy. It was ice cold, mate. Fuck's sake, you dad joker. <laughs> that's all I bring to the table. <laughs> oh, that, that was all very ice. Fuck's sake, you guys. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon, we're giving you the cold shoulder. <sighs> you know what? As a result of this, I'm just going to melt away into existence. No! <laughs> I think you should I think you should put that on freeze. Uh, 
as always, you can find Brandon and Chris on their Twitch. So they stream yes, very can. regularly. We do, we do. Because we like doing it. We like to entertain. Yes. Partly why we do this. What can they expect? The unexpected. <laughs> um, and on, the, then... on your Twitch. <laughs> well, oh. But then they'll, then they'll expect things that have been unexpected, so it becomes yeah. expected again. So yeah, so over at twitch.tv slash Sibaka, so I finished my first Pokemon Nuzlocke. I'm still going through the Pokemon Crystal Nuzlocke, which I'll be doing every Wednesday. And then every Sunday, I'm also doing a Summoner's War Rush Hour. But as of now, as I'm so invested into RuneScape, who knows, I might just start to stream that and just chill. Like, it almost just like, you know, just, just while I'm farming, just, you know, come over, talk, and yeah, just have a good time. Hmm. All right. Uh, I'm going to be playing through some uh, Telltale games. Although, by the time this episode comes out, I may have done it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, unless you've got a time machine, uh, let us know how it works. Because I quite like one. <laughs> and then watch, watch our past streams. <laughs> or join us live. Depends how it works, I don't know. Depends what uh, time travel rules we're working with. We're working with Back to the Future rules. We're working with Hot Time Machine rules. I don't know. Where am I going with this? I've got no idea. I'm just going <laughs> to... Oh dear. Hmm. Just ready to bring out another ice drake, that's all. Mm. Well, uh, we could could use some other jokes to break the ice, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Like always, guys, winter is coming. It's getting colder. So stay safe. Wrap up warm. Uh, I'll see you soon. Bye. Yeah. Yep, catch you in the next one. Stay awesome. You good people, you. Bye, guys. Be safe.